I like video games. Well, hey, Tony, I like video games, too. Well, welcome to another fantastic, magical, exciting episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. Let's play some tennis now. That's not good. No, nope, it doesn't really know <laughs> That's end. not good. You said <laughs> magical, and I thought it could go off of it. Um, I didn't. No, I didn't. Nothing's more magical than tennis. That's... <laughs> it's not not great. Not great, Jake. We're starting off on a bad foot. But how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty well right now. Other than that, um pretty piss poor uh song I just did. I'm doing pretty pretty darn well. What about you, well, Tony? I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh I've been playing some video games. Been getting oh, very yeah? been some playing a couple games? Been playing a couple of games. I mean, like, uh, it's been a little bit since we recorded an episode. Um, we're hashtag keeping it country club. We're playing, playing more country club games here. So uh, uh, we're doing the tennis this time. But um, in the meantime, I've been playing two things, kind of keeping my attention uh, between episodes outside of our main game here. Um, so Monster Hunter, obviously... Still playing. Iceborne. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Like, uh, the game is is harder. It's definitely harder than the original. Like, yeah, I know you talked about that last episode. Yeah, I'm running into more monsters there. Like, okay, this is like I I actually need to like focus and I need to uh, game plan and like I need to make sure that my that my gems are set up set up the right way. I need to make sure I bring you know resistances to different uh, elemental abilities because otherwise I I'm just gonna get you know one shot by some of these monsters. So it um, it's good. I I've ran into a couple of spots in the game where it's like God fuck this shit. You know like I they released uh, I think it was either two weekends ago or maybe even three at this point. They release this monster called Rajang, and Rajang is—he's um, like a gorilla, basically. So he like—he's not a huge hmm. monster, but he's really fast. He's really strong, and, and he's basically a Super Saiyan. Like he is a Super Saiyan monster. <laughs> he is Ozaru? a mon- yeah. He is a monkey, and he does monkey things where he like he slams his fist down and does all this stuff. But Throws he his also poo at you. He also shoots lasers. <laughs> He shoots lasers out of his mouth, like oh, Nappa. Oh, hell yeah. Like Nappa. Like, he does <laughs> Nappa-ass lasers out of his mouth. And then he legitimately has his enraged form is he his hair turns gold, like golden, like a Super Saiyan. And, uh, you know, just becomes more powerful, gets access to different, different attacks. Um, it's like, it's a very, very fun fight. It's difficult, but it's really, really fun. But, like, I had a moment over the weekend where... I'm trying to grind out uh, some Rajang uh, fights so I can like build all of his armor and a couple different weapons. And I played him five times in a row, and I lost all five. Oh, um, dang. Yeah, and the, it's like I'm not terrible at this game. Like I'm good. Like I'm not great. I'm good. I'm like right in the middle. It's, yeah, yeah, you're solid. Well, like we've played this game before, and you're you're a whole lot better than me. Yeah, and like, and I'm playing with like the insect glaive. I'm playing with like my best weapon, like with my best kits, and I'm still, you know, struggling at times. Like it's, 
it's it's fun. It's fun that it's difficult. It sucks at times when you're just like, hey, I need to get these two different items, like these two different resources from a specific a specific monster, and I keep losing, and I'm never getting like even when I win, it's like okay. I need like the RNG gods to be with me and then it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. It's like, that's the worst, but you know, it, it could be worse. It always could be worse. Uh, monster hunter, still fantastic video game. Um, the other thing that I've done, uh, the past couple of weeks is I've, I've dug back more into, uh, my Xbox game pass on the PC catalog. And I, I wanted to pick up some new stuff. I want, I wanted something new to play. And, um, I came across the game, really really cool and i hope i hope everyone checks this game out um it's on game it's on game pass right now at least on the pc it might be on xbox one as well but it's called scourge bringer uh scourge bringer um it's in like their preview program so it's like an early access program on game pass which seems to be game pass continues to be the best deal in video games like these are like you get a lot of awesome video games for the price that they're asking for on a monthly basis. It's it, it's fantastic, um, but Scourgebringer, it's on early access on Steam. It's on Game Preview on Game Pass. Uh, I don't know if it's on uh, on PlayStation yet, but Scourgebringer is it's basically it's a rogue light in that your runs are procedurally generated. And um, it has like an overworld map, I guess, kind of like a Metroid game where it's like once you move into a new room, it will show on the map. And if it's like a shopkeeper or if it's a save point or if it's this or that, it'll show up on there. Um, You usually have to fight a boss, like a mid boss to open up the final boss to complete a room or like a, a level of this dungeon and then you go down deeper, and then you kind of just go deeper and deeper into this dungeon. But the thing that is interesting about this game is, like, their hook, uh, like so many other Metrovania-like roguelite games, is that this game, uh, the pace of it is really frantic. So um, this game is all about, like, speed and taking down the enemies into the room. So, like, as soon as you enter a room, you can kind of see all the different enemies that's in, like, the first wave uh, all on the screen at once. Um, The game gives you a double jump from the beginning. It gives you an air dash at the beginning. And it gives you a basic attack, a dash attack, and a heavy attack, uh, as well as a gun. So you're you're kind of mixing and matching your like small basic attacks with your heavy attacks that will stun enemies if you hit them at the right time uh with your gun which has like you have a certain amount of shots in your clip it reloads over time kind of depending on the gun that you have and like kind of the abilities you get throughout your run um this is a game that it wants you to never touch the ground you know, like if you imagine a like 2D uh, side scroller, basically, but here's like your room and there's enemies all throughout it. It wants you to string together attacks and dash attacks to go to the next enemy. So it's all about like you enter a room, dash to the first enemy, do a combo, dash the next one, stun this one, 
dash to another one, shoot a guy that's behind you that's about to hit you. Like it's 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 very frantic and fast paced, but it's it's a type of game where if you can keep your combo meter going like a devil may cry or something like that, you're going to get um a lot of benefit from it. Um and it, it's just it's very fun. It's very fun. Um I tried maybe five or six different games on Game Pass. They're all like sitting that indie, um, indie realm, Metrovania or Rogue Light genre, I guess. And I played, like I said, four or five of them. And then I played this one, and I was like, "Yep, this is the one for me." And I've played it for about like fifteen hours now. Um, it's still in early access, so um, there's not a ton of content there, but it's it's very good. And, like, this is exactly why Game Pass is really interesting. Because mm-hmm. I would have never played this game before. I, I would not have played Like, I've heard good things about it on other podcasts. Um, but I never would have played it because it's, you know, like 15 bucks on Steam right now. There's yeah, no way I would... Yeah, that seems like the huge benefit of Game Pass is, like, yeah, there's big games on it. But also... There's so many indie games that are highlighted on it that since there's no cost to admission, you get to try them out. Yes, exactly. Like, um, I'm really excited to try Creature in the Well uh, as well, which is like a, like a pinball roguelite indie <laughs> game, which is like, – that's it's very weird. But, um, yeah, like, I wouldn't have played that game otherwise. And this game, e- even more so, like I – I don't want to spend $15 on a early access game that I may like that doesn't have a lot of content in it. But now that I've played it, I've played basically their demo on game pass. Like I'm all in on this game. Like when this game comes out for release, I'm going to pay for it. Like I'm, I'm actually contemplating buying it right now just because I want to support the developer because I, because what they're making is awesome. And I, and I want to support mm-hmm. that. Uh, so it's Scourgebringer is the name of the game. Uh, if you like um, expressive, fast-paced action games that have, you know, a run-based mentality to it, you're going to love this game. Uh, definitely check it out. And, and I just want to say, like, kudos to Microsoft for how they are utilizing game pass this is the first game i've seen on there that was in like their game preview program and this is the type of thing that in my mind can make game pass the no-brainer subscription for a person who's into video games you know Mm -hmm. because it's not just that you're getting the big first party titles like a halo or a gears of war but then you get small indie games you get games that are still you know in their early concepts stages or they have maybe they have like a really good playable demo but it's not a full game yet um it's it's really really good um they made a great decision bringing this game onto their platform and it it instills a lot of confidence in me uh, about the direction they're taking Game Pass in the future, and you know, kudos to them for for continuing to make this offering as good as it is. So like, that's that's kind of what I've been playing right now. But Jake, what about you? What what else have you been playing? 
Uh, well, so you have I, you and I have played a bit more Children of Morta. We've played a little bit of Hots. I've been playing mm-hmm. like a little bit of uh, Three Houses on my commute. But the game that's still been just completely dominating my psyche between these two episodes has been Slay the Spire. Still! Still. I still have not put this game down for a second. It is always on my mind. I have it on the PC, and I am definitely, definitely considering also getting it on the Switch so I can have it on the go. Um, I'm just in love with this game so much. I feel so late to the party, but I'm also like really grateful I got to it, got to it at this point because there's a lot more content that's been added into it. Um, if I had started playing this a few months earlier, definitely would have been my game of the year for 2019. Um, at this point, I'm really just kind of like going through it, trying to um, get some of the achievements. There's one right now I've been working on that's been really fun and interesting. Where So it's a, like a card building or deck building game. And there's an achievement basically where you finish the game with a deck of only five cards. Um, and just kind of for perspective, you'll normally end a run with like 25 to 30 or so cards. Like making sure you don't get too many cards to clutter your deck is a, lar- is a large part of this game. But like getting it down that low definitely takes a lot of strategy um, and and luck because it is a roguelike. But um, yeah, this game is, is really, really fun. And I think about a lot of other roguelike games I really have loved over the years FTL Binding of Isaac both of which we've done episodes on um, Enter the Gungeon which I've played a lot of like even in the I think I don't want to say like easier because that gives it a bad bad kind of connotation but the games that I've played more and I've been able to get more clears on I think I've gotten the most clears on Binding of Isaac but like only a few every now and again like those games are so hard to actually beat the game on i've still never finished a run of enter the gungeon and i've played a lot of that game but slay the spire maybe i'm just better at like strategy and card games because my reflexes are for shit but like (laughs) i'm able to like not consistently but fairly regularly get to the end of that game and like beat the final boss and there are ways that the game makes that more challenging either through you know trying to get achievements like the five card deck when i was talking about or there's different levels of ascension basically difficulty modifiers that are added on that go all the way up to like 20 and you can fiddle around with that it makes the runs more difficult and it allows you to get good at the game get really good at the game but still have intense challenge but it's still a you're still able to actually get a clear of that game yeah um yeah slay the spire super good um i even got me to play some of the um the hearthstone single player again because <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty similar context comparable where it's a it is comparable where it's a deck building game you start with a pretty weak deck against pretty weak opponents you add cards from randomly generated piles to the deck and you get other passives and shit the the hearthstone really isn't that good to me compared to slay the spire um 
it does card building solo gameplay so so well and can't recommend it enough get it on the switch so you can play on the go um but like definitely get it i have a whole lot of fun with that game that that game is really good i i played it a bit last year and i and i thoroughly enjoyed it like i'm not great at card games in general but i was able to get a clear in that game and it felt good um i feel like some of the bosses are bullshit in that game uh there's some bullshit yeah and like if you're not prepared for it uh it'll fuck you but overall that that game's good game's really good it's fun for, yeah, for sure. sure. For sure. Well, uh, insert tennis transition here. Let's uh, go to a quick break. <laughs> you know, I love you, Jake. And why don't we well, I, volley? 15, love. <laughs> oh, we're man, gonna, I kind of ruined your flow there. You had some going. <laughs> we're going to volley back and forth coming up on the next after the break. Um, why don't you <laughs> let why don't you let me continue to talk about Mario Tennis after the break you know it's we're, we're coming up on our break point <laughs> how about this is a doubles podcast uh <laughs> wow wow service. bravo bravo <laughs> This we could t- top spin. I got nothing. I I'm I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's backspin out of this line of conversation into the break, and then when we get back, <laughs> we'll talk about Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color. <laughs> Hashtag keeping it country club. We're talking about Mario Tennis this time. Uh, this is not to be confused with Mario Tennis for the N64. This is Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color. Um, came out and believe the year was 2000 and third no 2001 2001 it came out um, for the Game Boy Color. It did it eventually hit the 3DS. Uh, in 2013, but originally came out in 2001. Uh, this launched coinc in um it coincided with the launch of the uh, Mario Tennis for the N64, which uh, is also a very fantastic game. But I wanted to talk about this game because, um, like Tiger Woods Golf, um. I, I thoroughly enjoy tennis games. I, I enjoy the country club sports, i.e. a golf and a tennis. I, I really like those 
sports games. I, I, I like those games uh, as like the rules are set up and like the skills involved in playing them. Uh, I personally am not great at either one of those games. I've tried a whole lot uh, to be good at those games, but it just it doesn't fall in my physical skill set. So the fact that I can enjoy these games a la a video game has always been great. I, I absolutely have loved that. Um, I played a lot of this game as a kid. Um, this was a game I had for my Game Boy Color, and I sat and played countless hours of this game i was even one of those nerds that had a um the uh connector to the n64 where you could oh wow so you could plug in your game uh your game boy color or your game boy cartridge into the back of the n64 controller and certain games had um the ability to pass information back and forth you know, for Pokemon mm-hmm. Stadium, you're able to bring your your own Pokemon into that game and play with them. In Mario Tennis, you were able to bring in your created characters into the the game of Mario Tennis and play with them. Um, I I I was kind of obsessed with this game as a kid, um, and you know what? This game holds up, in my opinion. It's it's, this game's this game's pretty damn fun. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like what, Jake? Like what's your experience with with tennis video games? Like I know you played a lot of uh, golf games. What about tennis? So, I had played about zero tennis games. Wow. I remember. I don't remember if it was. For, I think for the GameCube there was a Mario tennis game called Stool that Tour. I played. Yeah, yeah, I played that a bit with. Oh wait, no, that that was the golf game. That was the golf game. The uh, the tennis game for the GameCube. Hold up. Was power? It it was power something. Power. Uh, fuck. That was a fun game though. That like the answer. Mario Mario Power Tennis. Power Tennis. You had the you had the power right. So I played I played some of that game with friends. Um, other than that, I didn't really remember playing tennis games. Until I booted up this game and started playing it, and all of a sudden, just like waves of memories hit me. And I remember playing this game with uh, Brendan, who was on for our Pokemon yeah. a Gold, Silver, Crystal episode. He had this game, and we would play it together sometimes. And like as soon as like the first tennis match started, I was like, oh. I remember this game. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Mario Tennis is the only time I've played tennis games. Yep, yep. Um, it's interesting. Like, I, I've played a lot of tennis games. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoy tennis. Like, um, I've played all the Mario Tennis games. Um, every single release I've played, at, I've played at least a little bit. Um, I also really like Virtual Tennis. Um, I played a lot of Virtual Tennis on the Dreamcast. Uh, me and my brother play a lot of that, but we but we even played a ton of Super Tennis on the Super Nintendo. Like we've we've I have been into tennis games for a very long time. You could also make the argument that Windjammers is basically a tennis game, but I'm not. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there right now. Is it a tennis game or is it a fighting game? Tennis games are Give fighting. Me a games. straight answer. Tennis games are fighting <laughs> games. They are fighting games. They are 100% fighting games. But whatever. Like. <laughs> At that point, if you're expanding the definition out that much, like everything could be a fighting game. So I, I understand that, but 
Ten- tennis <laughs> games are fighting games. It's one-on-one competition. It's all about setting each other up. What, what gonna, about doubles matches, Tony? We're not. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. But um, I love these type of games. They're they're my favorite. And the thing that I really enjoy about Mario Tennis, you know, the game we're talking about for this episode, is the simplicity of it. Um, as you mentioned. Um, you had played Mario Tennis or Mario Power Tennis for the for the GameCube, and after they moved from the N sixty four into uh, the GameCube era, I'm talking about Nintendo. Um, these games they started adding on a lot of complex mechanics. So power moves don't like them. Yeah, po- yeah. So Mario Tennis po- or Mario Power Tennis had um, like star moves i think they call them where like they each character had their individual like special moves um on the switch the the new mario tennis that's on on the switch has those that same kind of mechanic but it also has a thing where if you break somebody's racket with a specific type of move um there's that kind of meter that you're um that you're worrying about like if you break the other person's racket uh, I think it's like three or four different times like you automatically win that game. So it's um, on, it's like a like a TKO. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and there's like meter management in that game. So it's like it's 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 laying into the fighting game aspects even more in the in the Switch version of Mario Tennis. But this game, it's simp- It's it's the it's the simplest it's been, and it's it's better for it. You know, it just lets you play some tennis. You just you, yeah, you get like tennis is a simplistically simplistic game on its surface, but it's it, the devil's in the details, right? Like it's all about like the mastery of learning your opponent and um, executing a strategy against the things that your opponent does well. Um, this game, um, it's it's a two button video game, really. Like you move. And then you have an A button and a B button. Your mm-hmm. uh, it's all about the combinations that you use in those buttons. So if you hit uh, A, it's just a kind of, it's kind of like your forehand. If you hit B, it's your backhand. If you hit A twice, it'll put topspin on the ball. If you put uh, B twice, it puts backspin on it. If you hit A then B. It will do a lob shot, so you like hit it up over somebody's head. Uh, that is how you punish somebody who's really close up against the net. But if they're able to react in time, they can like smash it, like do like a like a spike on your ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you hit B A, you do a drop shot where you put you know a ton of backspin on the ball. It hits it very weakly, and when it hits the ground, it it doesn't bounce as much as it normally does. So that's how you punish somebody who's uh, sitting really far back on your baseline um, to try to get them to move farther to the net, and you know you um, miss them that way. Um, so it, there's really not a, a not a lot of complexity in yeah. the moves you can do against somebody, but that's where the strategy and the gameplay, you know, the fighting game aspect of it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like that's the great thing in it. Those are all the moves you can use. You have to find out how to use them efficiently. You need to read your opponent's position on the court, your own position on the court. And it's not like with uh, Mario Par- power tennis, where when you, 
see your opponent like getting that quick cutscene where they're doing a power shot. Like you can just set your controller down because there's no way you could return that shot. Yeah. There is no automatic guaranteed lost point in this unless you messed up some kind of positioning on the court or if you, you know, lobbed in a bad time and your opponent just gets an easy smash on you. Like there's nothing that's making you lose a point in this game because of like some meter or some mechanic the only thing that's going to lose your point in this game is just like poor play absolutely and um i think this game this game does a really good job of the the other players you're playing against as you progress through it get get very challenging this game gets really hard towards the end and it really makes you think about every interaction every service you need to think about well this guy serves me more inside than on the outside how am i going to position myself when he's just throwing the ball in the air you know like you you need to think about that kind of stuff because if i guess correctly where surface is going to go it's going to put me in a better position in my follow-up shot where maybe i can get a return ace maybe i can get uh, the person like choked up against the net on their second shot, and then I can get a really easy, you know, dink into the the opposite corner where they they can't return it at all. You know, like it. There's a lot of risk reward behavior that happens in this game, and that's that's tennis, right? That's how tennis works. But this game does a really really good job of playing into that. Because like you said, in these other Mario Tennis games, they give you outs. They give you super moves that will always let you return the ball in certain situations, even if you're really far outside of the normal reach of your character. This game is, hey, if you made the wrong call, if you positioned poorly, you you lost that point. You know, it just, you, it's all on you as the player. You know, There's none of that other bullshit that's coming into play here. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's great yeah. because of it. Yeah, I mean, this game has like a lot of really, really fun gameplay. Uh, so the main gameplay mode is the the story mode. Mm-hmm. So you have your own your own playable character. Of course, I named mine Tony, as is the new tradition mm-hmm. in in Hey, I like that game. Whenever there is a character creation option. Uh, mine is always going to be named Tony going forward. And Unfortunately, there is no character look customization here, so I couldn't make a monstrosity like I did in PGA 07. I know. I, um, just the default skin, I, unfortunately. I named my character Jake as well. <laughs> Aw, thanks, buddy. I, I picked the girl, so you are the girl. Aw, thanks, buddy. <laughs> who, so. who, surprisingly very good. I had never played with her before. She was actually... Oh, yeah, Tony was fantastic in this game. Tony was easily the island championship did you or island champion did you play with the the male character i did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um it's interesting like this game so like you said it, there is a story mode you have to pick a character from the beginning and the the thrust of the game is you're picking a young tennis like prodigy i guess who goes to this academy it's a tennis academy and you're working your way up these different classes to get to the point where you uh, join the travel team and then you'll go to the island tournament. And then eventually, after you beat the island tournament, 
you actually play off against Mario in the mushroom. You fight secret Mario or secret tennis god Mario. Yeah, yeah, I, and I absolutely love that. It's it's the the story of this game, and we'll we'll talk about this more as the show continues. But like the way they set this game up into like kind of three acts, like three chapters, is actually super fun. And I wish, like, I wish they did more with it. But as a kid, like. Uh, um, theater of the mind, right? Like I, I created the stories that, um, that happened in this game. But it, it's, it is very fun. But you pick from one of two characters. They, uh, the game defaults these names to Alex and Nina. Um, you are given a doubles, aka part- Tony and Jake. Yes. Uh, you are given doubles partners of Harry and Kate, uh, as well. Uh. The entirety of the game can play can be played singles or doubles, or you could do both, uh, depending on what you want to do. And you, like I said, you kind of work your way up, um, starting at I believe the junior level, and you work your way through that to the senior level, and then playing against people on the travel team to find to get your spot there. And then you go to this island tournament where you fight against or you play against other schools. Um, it's not a fighting game, Tony. This, this is a fighting game. Sorry, um, <laughs> but it's um, it it really is fascinating. You know it it is at the end of the at the end of the day an RPG. You know, like you um, your your skills at playing a tennis game will always, maybe not always, usually, if you're good at a tennis game, if you're if you're a good tennis player, you will win your matches. But as you progress through the game and you level up and you um, kind of put your points into um, different categories, you can start to specialize in certain things absolutely yeah where you can you can really start to like figure out okay my character is uh, just throwing an example my character is a speed and placement character so i don't care about power at all but i'm gonna get to every single ball that happens on my side of the court and I'm going to work to be strategic in my placement of the ball because I can put a bigger angle on it than any other character can. So I can play really aggressively at the net because I know I can get back and forth, return any ball, and I can put aggressive angles on the ball. Right? Like So mm-hmm. you can figure out that strategy. Or you could go... A totally different direction and be like i'm gonna do all spin and power so i'm trying to win my point within the first three shots of the match right the first three shots of that engagement you know i'm trying to back somebody way off the baseline and put a ton of spin on the ball and not allow them to have a comfortable return ever you know like it, it's 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 really good. Yeah. It's really good. This is this is exactly what I was talking about last episode with Tiger Woods, one of my complaints there, where in that game there was no reason whatsoever you wouldn't maximize your stats in every single category. 
there's no reason not to in that game. But in this game, so there's four major categories. There's spin, placement, power, and speed. There are like sub scores within that, but you can't uniquely modify those. And each like one point you put in the main category doesn't increase every score by one. Not always. Sometimes it doesn't at all. Sometimes maybe by two. But also, if you put a lot of points into one category, then your score in another category is going to go down a little bit. Yeah. So this forces you to find and adopt a play style. It forces you to customize a play style. So you need to be strategic about it. You need to find what works for you. And this makes you really, really think about where you're going to put your score. And that is really interesting and really refreshing and something that I wish more sports games would do. Yeah, I I actually wrote myself a note here that you hated how Tiger Woods worked. And I was like... Yeah, I put that in my notes too. Yeah, it's like this game is on the total opposite end where like it forces you to specialize. It forces you to figure out how you want to play the game and then exploit that. And this game does a really good job of like playing by its own rules. So your character has to start to pigeonhole into like excelling in, let's say, two out of the four categories, right? But every other created character in the game are the same way. They're all the same yeah. way. So it comes down to over the course of a three-set match figuring out okay what does this other character do what are they good at how do i exploit that is this person slow are they really good at service but they don't have any spin on the ball you know like you figure out fairly quickly depending on you know how adept you are at the game um you figure out how to play against them and I can't tell you how many times I had to really focus on a particular part of my game that maybe I wouldn't normally do because I know that it my opponent is weak there. You know, like I in in every tennis game I ever have played, I am the Pete Sampras style tennis player. I service and I try to put it in a position on the court that makes it hard for the person to return to but i'm not trying to overpower them with with a service i'm trying to place it so they're a little bit off off on their positioning on the return and i sprint to the net and then i play a tempo game from there i'm right against the net as soon as you return it i'm trying to put an aggressive angle on the ball so i'm trying to finish points as efficiently as possible least amount of strokes that's how I play this game. However, when I picked Nina or Jake, the female protagonist of this game, she doesn't play in that way. She is, um, she is more reaction. Like there is a lot of placement to her, but she is not. She can be fast, but it's more about being very strategic on where you're placing the ball. And you can't overpower people with speed, so you got to play back on your baseline more. And the other thing that was 
interesting about this character is that she has a really good lob shot. You know, like it, she puts a lot of top spin on it. So they, it, it, the arc of the lob happens a lot faster than other characters. So I ended up using the lob shot a ton as a like yeah, a placement, too. as a placement shot, as to try to set myself up for that next shot. And it, it was, it was really, really fun. It was really, really fun to play the game this way. You know, it was, it was harder. It was hard because I had to adjust how I normally play these games, but it it's it was really really fun. It was really fun to try to learn something new. Yeah, I think this game totally requires you to be strategic about your play more than, I mean, most other sports games I've played, and a lot of other. I'll say it just to appease you, Tony. Fighting games I've had to play Ooh. where. Like, a lot of times where you're just kind of, like, set in playing your own match. And this game really requires you to take your opponent into account. And that's really cool. And that's awesome in a game that is on the Game Boy Color and is this old. I mean, there are a lot of other areas where, like, the age of this game definitely shows. There's only, like, I think, like, seven or eight different character models. They kind of swap between, you know, the music's... The music's there. It's got its own sort of 8-bit kind of, or like 16-bit kind of charm to it. But it's nothing phenomenal. Um, but it definitely has it where it counts in the gameplay. This game is super, super fun and engaging to play. Yeah, 100%. And the the thing that I, th- that I think is one of the best aspects of this game is that it really teaches you how to play it. It teaches it teaches you how to play tennis. Yeah, it teaches you tennis. Like, uh, like we talked about before, that the setup of this game is you're working w- your way through these different classes within the academy. Uh, you're beating out other players to raise your rank until you get to the travel team, and then you go to this island tournament where you face against other schools, and then you ultimately play Mario. But the in between parts is where the game really teaches you how to play tennis and it it does it in a way that is incredibly smart where they do these training drills so let's say i'm trying to teach you how to serve the first service like the first service training is like okay hit this location on the court with your service it'll put a little you know, dotted line around the service area, hit that spot four times in a row, then you win this, you win this training, you get experience points that you then can put into your character to improve one of your four categories, right? As you raise your rank, as you kind of go up through the academy, they give you new ones. So it's like, okay, so instead of uh, just hitting these little locations on the court during your service, now incorporate the right spin so your placement and the spin work together to either squeeze your opponent on the 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 inside of your service or to put them really far outside of the service square so they're off the court when they're returning the ball leaving a really big space on the other side of the court to finish them off so like it does a really good job of teaching you placement of the ball, spin of the ball, 
how how do you volley with another player? How does the neutral game work as opposed to right. how do you finish a player off? Like it it does a very Keeping track of your own position on the court. Yeah, it does a it does an incredible job teaching you its own systems. Now, I can't claim that this is how you actually play tennis, right? No, um, I would I would I've, have no idea. No idea. Like um <laughs> I, I've played some tennis in my day, but I don't understand it at this high enough at that high level. But it teaches you how to play Mario tennis, which mm-hmm. on its face is close to what a tennis game should be. And those those drills are they're fun and they're engaging and they're also challenging at times. You know, like the mm-hmm. level three trainings are hard. Like you have to practice. You have to figure it out. You can't just walk in there and just do it on your first try. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I think, how this game uh, works. There are a lot of different mini-games you can use to either just get yourself raw experience points, but also to teach you different mechanics of the game. And you're not able to just kind of waltz into any of those. There's definitely a uh, skill progression in this that keeps you from just kind of brute forcing your way through stuff, which is really great. This game does a fantastic job of giving you strategy that you need to learn and not making things impossible to do, but allowing you to not only get the just like raw XP you need to get to that point, not like an RPG where you just need enough experience points before you can beat the next enemy, but it also gives you knowledge for it too. Yep. Now, one of the things I'm curious about, so we've talked mostly about singles, but did you ever play doubles in this game? I did. Um, I, as, a, as a kid, I played through, I, I was able to get through both the single player and mm-hmm. the doubles. What um, about as an adult? Uh, I played a little bit of doubles. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't enjoy doubles when it's a computer player yeah. a lot of times. Yep, yep. Um, I know what you're talking about. So it... It makes it a little bit more challenging, especially because of my impatience. Um, when my doubles partner should be at net, I also move to the net, so it's like a a double, you know, very aggressive positioning, and that can mm-hmm. work sometimes when you're playing with two intelligent players. But when you're playing with a AI teammate, it doesn't always work out. Um, yeah, when it, you're on the you're on the tennis court and you have your computer controlled uh, uh, ally, as well as two computer controlled enemies, your opponent's basically always going to go to the net. Yeah, except in the, like the position where you know in the rotation of the serve, you're placed on top of the net. So a lot of the times, it's just the computer playing with itself while you're kind of like you know, sort of being in position and every so often you might need to return a shot. But I find the doubles in this to be pretty uh, not compelling, especially compared to how fun the singles can be. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, like, uh, when you level up in this game, like, in between your matches or in between trainings, they allow you to level up your, your own single-player character or your doubles partner as well. And... I, in this playthrough, I tried not to make them equal, but to 
to throw my doubles partner a bone, you know, even though I really wasn't oh, playing. I like, I like never gave them any points. Yeah, I, maybe that was part of my problem because I ran some really, really tough fights in the uh, island tournament uh probably because of this but like i there you go there you go saying fights again tony it's a tennis game it's a fighting it's game sports this game's a fucking fighting <laughs> game um this isn't wind jammers tony this game is basically wind jammers but worse uh, <laughs> but but it's um it's interesting this, this this game is aggressively playable like it's oh yeah it's it's very playable like my only nitpicks with this game are maybe because it's so gameplay focused that all the story stuff is like on the periphery. Like, mm-hmm. I love the trappings of this game, the setup of this game that like, okay, you're the new kid at the academy. You're working your way up. There is some dialogue between some of the characters, but it's very, very minimal. Like, if this mm-hmm. game put even a modicum of effort into a story this could be like a rival or something right like something like make it anime like okay so make it anime nintendo come on what are you afraid of my i'm a total uh weeb i love me some anime i used to watch anime all the time as a kid one of my i still like anime uh um I really enjoyed the sports anime called Prince of Tennis. Prince of Tennis is basically Mario Tennis the anime. It's all about young kid coming into a tennis academy and working his way up to the top and you know being super good at tennis. But then every person you play against, whether it's within your own academy or these other schools, they all have their own personalities. They had their own specialities, um, and because it's an anime, they all had their you know named design named special moves that you know it's all that <laughs> dumb shit you know like the fucking uh, what was it the, the snake volley or the moon shot or the Tesca zone. Uh, but anyways, if if this game had any of that stuff, you know, like a rival while you're at the academy. Uh, just a little bit of dialogue between the different schools and the island tournament. Um, any sort of um, legendary talk of playing against Mario in the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, there's really none of that. They do an interesting thing between each of the major acts of the game, between playing at the Academy, playing at the island tournament, and then playing in the Mushroom Kingdom. They do a to be continued back to the title screen type thing where it's like, Oh, you know, there's something more after this, you know, like, and I like that. I like that. They set it up in that, like a three act play almost, but the actual play part that the, the story elements are just so severely lacking. And that part sucks. Like the first time I really struggled with, a competitor in this game is playing against spike in the island tournament spike plays for um i don't know what the rival school is but they're orange and spike is a character (laughs) it's orange it's orange team whatever uh but spike has a really good service and he has an incredible drop drop shot 
that cur- like spins really hard. So it's like it's a drop shot, so you have to be you know, looking for it, and it, it curves really hard. So if you try to prepare for your shot, like you're trying to like charge up like a really hard return, that thing's gonna cut at a really hard angle. So you you have to make sure your feet are set in the right spot before you start charging up your um, your stroke. And yeah. Spike makes you think very critically about when you attack, when you play defense, when is your opportunity to score the point as opposed to like, I just need to stay alive right now. And it that would have felt so much more impactful if there was any sort of dialogue between the two characters. You know, right. The, like he talks shit after the match. Right. Right. But it's like if there was anything like in the match or before the match or any sort of setup to say, what the fuck school are they from? And why are they important? And what why are we rivals? Why are we rivals at all? Like, why is that blue team a bunch of like evil looking jerks? Like, why are they that? You, you just you don't know. Um, and, and, it, and that's what feels like the shortcoming of this game is that. Man, I, I want so much more. I like because this game is so much fun, like I just I just want more from it. Like I want more from the Academy players too. Like you had guys like um was it Kevin, uh, who was like the basically the team captain of the Academy, and like you have very little interaction with this guy the entire game. But he's supposed to be mm-hmm the best player at the school the head honcho why the fuck isn't there like a rivalry between you and him why isn't there like anything there um it that part sucks i i that part sucks it's like if they made this game again in 2020 i would basically say change nothing other than the story game mm-hmm. gameplay is amazing progression is amazing but make the rivalry seem real don't just like i i create the story in my mind but yeah but like there's a little bit there but you have to really run with it yourself same thing with the presentation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's uh yeah this game does like it, this game does a really good job. Like I said before, it breaks it into three acts. And I remember when I was playing this game for this podcast, I ran through the academy so fast. Like, so fast. I was able like, didn't drop mm-hmm. a match, barely dropped a game, made it onto the travel team so easily. And I was like, huh, I totally forgot this game was so easy. And then it's like, to be continued. It's like, oh, that's right. There's more here. Then you go to the island tournament. And it's like, oh shit, these guys are good. Like, they're not falling for the same tricks that I was able to do on all the other players. They're able to get to these balls. They're able to, you know, um, when I try to lob it over their head, they back up and they smash it on you. You know, it's, they're they're better, right? They're better and they're smarter. And it's like, that jump in difficulty should also come with story beats, reasons why. You know, right? Yeah, and I, I just wish it's all there. It's there, but the game isn't explicit in 
those things. Like, it's there in the gameplay. It's there in the fact that the other schools are different colors and they have different character models that are very different than anybody at the academy. So, like, it's there. They just need to write more dialogue. They just need to do the story beats. And they just did it. And, like, part of that is probably development time or memory on the and cartridge. And this game came out in 2001 on the Game Boy Color. Right, yeah. Like, it, it, it has everything to do with that. But, it, like, this game just reminds me that, like, fuck, I want a Prince of Tennis video game that's as good as this. Like, that's, that's what I want. Like, I want that. I want this game, but with more reason, you know? Um, but... Fuck, man. It's great. Like, even... Um, how much time did you spend in the training areas doing the return return training or the wall training? Did you, did you do much of that? Not a whole lot. So, I started the game, and I went straight to, like, those training modules, and uh-huh. I did a bit of them. They're pretty tricky, like, especially the wall module. Um, but, like, I did you know, a little bit of stuff here and there and got some experience. And then pretty much right from that, I dove into the uh, kind of like the story progression of the game. But yeah, like I dabbled with those. And then like after I beat the game, I played some of the uh, extra mini game content too. Which is good. And those are some, some neat little, some neat little things. Nothing, I think, too groundbreaking, but there are fun distractions from the main game too. Yeah, like I, I thoroughly enjoy the um, anything that you're you're hitting the ball against the wall. So like the training exercise in the in the story mode has, um, so you're on one side of the tennis court, on the other side of the net is a giant wall, and there is a shifting, um, basically like a arrows, and when you hit one of those planes, it moves the ball in that direction. So if it's like a down arrow. You hit that that square with your ball. The ball is going to drop shot. So you got to run towards the net to, to keep it playing. And it's all about keeping the ball in play for X amount of hits before it's over. Um, and it's it's a really fun. It, it's just it's a fun little game, you know. Like I it teach. I, I found I found it to be more frustrating than fun. See, I like that one specifically. I actually really enjoyed that game because it it teaches you placement of the ball and it teaches you um, positioning of your feet. Because if you put yourself in a position where like you're really far on the right side of the court and you're like, oh shit, I need to try to hit it away from this panel because it's gonna it's gonna kill shot me if I do it over here. I'm going to have to lob over it or I'm going to have to take one step back and like wait for the ball, wait for the ball to come to me to let the panel move so I can hit it in the right place to continue my combo. You know, like I, I really, really enjoyed uh, that game specifically. And I, and, I, and I like the other one that's just like you just have to return like 100 balls in a row. Um that gets that that one gets a little tedious in my book. Like level it's never, four, level four takes a long. Time. Yeah, like a hundred returns. It, it takes a long time, and then one single mistake it leads to a restart. Don't fuck up. I think those those different mini games are fun up to a point. 
where then they become kind of tedious and a little bit frustrating. Um, but I mean, that's just, that's just those specific games and the main gameplay loop itself is really enjoyable. The initial stages of those mini games, I think are really fun. And I guess, you know, there's only so many different ways you can find an interesting sub game within tennis and they're able to do that and utilize it with this game. Yeah, I I wish they did more with like equipment. I wish you could mm-hmm. buy yeah, more. Yeah, there's like there's some equipment, but it that barely does anything. It'll lower one stat a little bit, it'll increase one stat another. There are um like I guess like the two biggest most interesting items are there's a specific racket and shoes i think they're like iron racket and iron shoes where they lower stats but they increase experience gain mm-hmm. that's kind of cool it's an interesting trade-off yeah yeah like i wish i wish they did more of that stuff like i again i feel like this game i just could... wish there was more i'm with you right there I, like, I get it that's like my biggest thing with this game it's like i wish there was just like a bit more i just want this exact same gameplay with more that's all and like that's the only real criticism i have of this game like it really like it gets really hard i feel like this game gets really hard in the island tournament it gets really hard there but it does a good job of when you lose it it doesn't make you replay everything again it's like just replay that match yeah it just doesn't crush you it just turns back time and plus um getting really into the 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 details the the specifics of this um you can save scum this game a bit um you can save during your match in between points so if you're like let's say you're really struggling with a particular opponent you can save save and quit and boot the game back up and say all right i'm up three games on this guy i'm going to save and quit start it back up again, start playing. If I start losing, fuck it, restart, go right back, and you still have your three games uh, up on the opponent. So you can save scum it, which I I would use. Like, I, I did it as a kid. I did it this time. Like, fuck it, I don't care. Um, but um, the other thing that it does uh, is there's an option in there where you can fix your camera so um i've always hated in tennis games having to play at the top of the screen i've always liked it being at the bottom of the screen like it just feels it feels more natural for me being at the yeah bottom of the screen. yeah you can fix the camera so even when you change courts your camera's always on the bottom of the screen i did not know that was possible yeah you can i that. need to now replay the game we have to cancel this episode right now um it's, tune in next time for hey like that game where we play mario tennis for the game boy color after again the fixed, fixed camera angle has been discovered that's a game changer right there it's really good it's re- and like that's a super smart option in a game that is already really smart about a lot of things like i i look for that in other tennis games and they don't always have it um that's a super smart thing. Like it makes all the sense in the world where you're playing, you know, multiplayer where you, you obviously you're going to have to change, um, mm-hmm. court 
and you're gonna have to use like oh, same same thing yeah. in a fighting game. Sometimes you're on the left side, sometimes you're on the right side. Maybe I'm better at throwing a, a Hadouken from one side or the other. You need to adjust. But when you're playing a single player game, it's like I don't give a fuck about that. I want to always be on my best side, best situation. This game allows for that. Like. I don't call I wouldn't call that cheating. It's not as bad as safe scumming. Uh, but it's it's a nice option that doesn't need to be there, but it is super helpful that it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This game is fucking wow. great. This game is fucking this, great. We, we have talked about this game for so much longer than I imagined we would. It this game's really good. This game is really good. It's like Thinking back through all the tennis games that I've played in my life, which is a lot. I've played a lot of tennis games. I, I like tennis games a lot. This is probably the best. This is probably my favorite. The I, best. Wow. High praise indeed. I, because it's because it distills the tennis formula down to its basic elements. I also really like Mario Power Tennis for the GameCube. I really like that game because... In that game, because there are super moves, characters feel more feel a lot more different. Like even mm-hmm. when you're playing two all around characters, which should be ostensibly the same, right? They're they're all around, like they're the same. It's the, all it's all it's the, all, and they're around it. The the super moves in Mario Power Tennis differentiate a little bit, and I like that. You know, like it it gives you a little bit more variety. But as like a pure tennis experience, this game is is it's really good. It's really really good, um, and it and it plays really good on the go too. I mean, like it's originally a Game Boy game. I mm-hmm. played it mostly on my phone, and I had a great time with that. Um, it, it's a type of game where I could see myself keeping on my phone for a long time, booting back up when I am on a long plane flight plane trip or if i'm stuck somewhere uh and i need to play something like i'll jump into this game again yeah well is that is that an official rating oh hey i love this game hey i love oh man there we go yeah what about you jake oh yeah this hey hey i like that game um this is really fun i i like you i got this um a ROM for the phone and I played around with it a bit and after maybe like an hour or so of trying to work with the touch screen controls I said screw it it's worth it just to like buy it on the 3DS virtual console it is six dollars on the 3DS Whoa. so if you have one it is oh so worth it um yeah this game is real fun this game has a lot of great gameplay. I found myself really being drawn back to it. Uh, for me, it didn't have a whole lot of longevity, but I still got a lot of really fun, really compelling gameplay out of this game, and it is oh, it is so worth that $6 price tag. Um, yeah, hey, I like that game. So good. It's so good. Um, really good. Yeah, I'm... I'm glad we were able to play this game again. I I, I forgot, too. like I totally forgot that Spike was a character in this game. And as soon as I saw that motherfucker in the uh, uh, island tournament, I was like, "This fucking guy." He you is just my- saw red. 
He's my fucking kryptonite. That guy's so hard. <laughs> oh my god, that guy was so hard. Um, oh, the worst. But it's it's good. Like the challenge of this game is what makes it so good. Like it it is hard when it needs to be, and it's not impossible. Where it's like, okay, I need to go grind out levels to be. Better you, never, to, you never have to grind in this. No, game. you you can you can beat this game without doing any of the other training stuff. Without without doing any of that. Um, just, just like the normal progression of winning matches. Just just for be sure. good. Just be good. Be smart. Be strategic. You know, be a good tennis player, um, which I like. Like it's it's a perfect kind of RPG. Oh god, so good, so good um wow wait i'm sorry did somebody say perfect kind of rpg it's the perfect kind of wait jake jake Uh oh Uh -oh. what are we playing next jake so tony we've been doing this podcast for a hot second and so our very first episode was uncharted 2 among thieves but it was gonna be something else tony i'm not sure if you remember what our first game was going to be I don't. Do you? What was our first? I don't remember. Okay, so it was going to be. Don't worry, this is the next episode. It was going to be Fallout New Vegas. Uh, um, because I have just been mm, thirsty to make you want to play one of those Bethesda RPGs. And I had been sitting on it for a while. But then, whew, what's this? We got a game recommendation email from our friend Jake, a.k.a. Nessie. What? So let me go through this email here. Uh, This is from Jake. Hey. Hey, I like that game. That game podcast that I like. Big fan of the show. Jake and I have the same name, so he's the spiciest boy in my book. Speaking of spicy things, I finally started playing Skyrim after nine years, and I'm working my way through it. On the console, on the uh, sorry, on the console, it was truly designed for the Nintendo Switch. Totally agree. I also have Skyrim on the Switch. Real fun. So far, also I, I understand the sarcasm there, Nancy. Don't at me. <laughs> so far, I think it's a fun experience, but I feel like it's missing something. I feel like the game holds your hand a little too much. Specifically, I really don't like how some of the contact, uh, combat mechanics work. There's something that really pulls me out of the game when I swing my weapon and it does damage when I connect. I feel like when I swing my weapon in a real-time action RPG, there should be a random chance of doing anything. Furthermore, I feel like the chance of landing a hit should go down with every single swing during a fight. That's the level of immersive challenge I seek in my action RPG. And wouldn't you know it, Bethesda came through for me. Todd Howard, you rap scallion, you're good for something after all. So, the next game we're playing on Hair hey, Like That Game, The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. <laughs> you're doing it, Tony. You're oh playing my- a Bethesda RPG. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna hate this game. I'm gonna hate I've, it. I've never played this one either. I've never played Morrowind. I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the the vitriol for the fucking toxicity. Oh man, toxicity. this is gonna be your this is gonna be your Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh yeah, it, I cannot wait for how <laughs> negative I get. I can't wait. But no, but like I'm gonna keep an open mind. 
I'm gonna keep an open mind. I know this game has a very flexible like build system. You can make almost anything you want, and there's some like crazy game breaking shit you can do with it. And I guarantee that's what I'm gonna look up and I'm gonna try to do so I can have fun with this game. But mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, I played a lot of Skyrim, but I played a ton of Oblivion, which is the Elder Scrolls prior, but I've never touched a Morrowind. Um, I liked, I think I liked, it's been a hot second since I've played Oblivion, but I, I liked Oblivion more than I liked Skyrim. So, logic, maybe I'll like Morrowind more than I like Oblivion. Alright, so on the next episode of Hey Like That Game, we'll be trying out Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. But in the meantime, everybody, live life passionately. Love each other unconditionally. And play games obsessively. See you next time. Peace!